the starting lineup for your Gangsters, what's up guys? Slacker. I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. God bless the internet. What the hell is going on out here? Oh, fuck it. Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-host Evan Fagundis. Hello. And JT Chipman. Hi, everyone. And this week we are recapping what happens when the little gold men get handed out. That is right. This is the official Oscars recap pod. Were we right? Were we wrong? What could we have possibly not predicted that happened in this year's Oscars? I'm excited to be chatting with my co-host. But before we get in, how are we doing, boys? Evan, welcome back to the pod. How's yeah. America? Thanks so much. Uh, I'm I'm really happy to be back. Um, coming back right after the Oscars, I feel like it, it was almost the the wildest time as far as the podcast goes for me to to leave. But I'm glad we were able to come back and do uh, you know some Twitter Spaces action um, during the broadcast itself. And aside from the uh, the trauma that I had to witness and uh, and try to recover <laughs> from here um, on on Sunday evening, I am I'm doing quite well. Oh, amazing. Hey, Chip, how are you, buddy? Yeah, do we need this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp uh, for those of you who are experiencing uh, PTSD from the slap. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good because because of our Twitter space. It's not to echo Evan too much, but the fact that we could get so many listeners in and have a, you know, basically a four hour conversation about the show and about the movies with no real breaks. Yeah, pretty fucking sick. And uh, we can we can get more of that later to thank people specifically. But that was so cool. Yeah, that was one for the real heads only. I was like, we were on there for four hours, and I, I really, I think I took one break to take a pee. And that was it. I like hopped off just to take a pee and like kept composed myself. And then that, but it was amazing because we got the live reactions to shit that was happening. Like we had like multiple people doing some investigative work, um, you know, to suss out whether a real a situation was real or not. Spoiler, it was very real. Um, but I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would like three words to sum up this year's Oscars from each of you. So I want to kick off this show. Um, I'll give you like a sentence. Dull until chaos. Perfect. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That sounds about of, right. It, yeah, it kind of doesn't because then after the chaos, it kind of devolved back into the dull and predictable. But yes. it certainly it was a tale of two extremes. Yeah, I had boring slap boring. Three words. Yeah. That's one of the crazy. The second boring in that grouping, though, is almost the wildest part. Because it really did go back to being so, like, nonchalant. Like, just it went right back into the same rhythm that it had before, except the audience was way quieter. It was so interesting how that happened. It was so yeah. weird, the final, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, do we want to just – I don't think we want to talk too much about the slap uh, on this because I don't think we – I think it's been taked to death already. The think pieces have been thought. Uh, but any – do we want to get anything out there that we – about it, about that situation and, like, how we feel? Or do we just want to say, like, it happened, it was fucking crazy, um, let's move on? I think the only thing – that's like new information that I learned today is that he was Will Smith was asked to leave after the slap and before he received his award and refused, which is pretty crazy. 
Um, I I'm think... curious how firm of an ask it was. It was like, hey, Will, if you don't mind, like if you if it, if it doesn't bother you or were they like, Wait, Will, who, you need I to didn't leave see this report. No. What is the report? The, the Academy, after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, the Academy supposedly asked Will to leave the show. Like like a producer went up to him? Oh, interesting. I think, I think what we're supposed to believe is that the producer told the publicist and that's what the publicist came up to tell him right after which is when he started crying, which is when Denzel and Bradley Cooper and others were like consoling him and trying to get him to like calm down. Mm, Chip, that kind of lends itself to what you were saying. Like if they really wanted him to leave, are they passing it through somebody who works for him? Like that doesn't really feel like an authority figure, like telling him to do something. No. And if you're the Academy, are you going to get like, you know, your security guys to come drag Will Smith away? (laughs) That feels like a, a losing situation. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a bad situation. I think it was more of just like a, hey, if you feel like you were so offended that you might need to leave on your own accord, then go ahead and do that. Is like yeah. that's more what it feels like. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're gonna get into the the litigation of like rights and wrongs in this situation because one, frankly, it doesn't fucking matter and what we think. And two, like the situation's been resolved. Right. They've both made public apologies like things have happened. I think what's more interesting is the discussion around, like you had mentioned, Evan, how it just went back to like the Academy just handled it in a way of like, we're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. It was very weird. But yeah, because we it happens and then we got the predictable director and best picture winners. And it was like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'll just go back on Twitter now because nothing has captivated me in this in the show itself. Does the Oscars hate movies, guys? Oh, my God. Like, that's, like, the real question here. Like, I don't do they, think do so. Do they actually like... Do they actually like movies? Like, do, does the Academy actually, like, care about the process of making movies and movie lovers? Because I, that's the one take I've, I've been seeing kind of floating around. Like, let's not let the drama of the slap and everything forget about how like bad of a show it was really how unevenly paced how kind of pandering some moments were and how it feels like it just didn't have a heart yeah like there. you know the the oscars are supposed to celebrate movies and i think it's good to have levity and it's good to have lighthearted fun it's good to even even mock kind of mercilessly in some cases movies you know Nothing's there's no such thing as a movie that's above being taken down a peg uh, by a bit as long as the bit works. But if it's like if it's careless and if you don't have the appropriate reverence on the other side for like what an accomplishment Dune was on the technical side for what an accomplishment Power of the Dog was for directing. You know, if you don't I don't if you don't respect the movies, then how can you expect an audience to come and pay to see movies or to celebrate them in their own way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, just the fact that they did shove off all of these technical awards that got Dune swept shows a lack of like respect for just everyone, a lack of respect for literally everyone involved from the presenters to the award winners, to the, to the audience, to the statues themselves. And you're just trying to find a viral moment trying to find some little bit that you can clip and put on Twitter. And then the bit that gets viral and put on Twitter is the unintentional moment. And the, the funny thing is too, is like it was even like the disrespect was even down 
to the winning cards for the for the like televised awards versus the non televised. I mean, I guess they were all televised, but the the ones that were put in the you know in the pre-show versus the ones that weren't like Dune won for editing and it also won for cinematography. Well, Greg in the card for cinema or for cinematography, it said Greg Frazier, right? And yeah. in the card for editing, it said Dune. And then the person, like the actual person who who was the you know, credit as being the main editor on the movie in smaller text below, it was like the reverse. Hmm. So I, I don't know, even like little things like that just kind of go to show you where they're at. And it just, I just don't know, I don't know how to parse those feelings i think we went into this show with negative energy already because those were those those things were being um not televised yeah i don't know it just seems like misguided efforts to like appease the audience that they think they have or something like i don't think individual people in the academy especially like with all the new additions and stuff like don't care about the movies or don't want to do a good job of even voting on them, whether or not we think they do do a good job. I think just the, the showrunners themselves get caught in this place where they feel like they have to make all these concessions in order to make a good show or a show that enough people that they've clearly made a calculus that there are like a ton of people out there supposedly watching the Oscars that they're trying to bait who don't really have any interest in watching the movies. I don't exactly know how they like arrive at that conclusion, but just lots of those jokes and stuff that they tell even would sort of suggest that they have Intel and believe that to be the case. So I, I don't really, I don't really know. It does make it weird to be a like people who actually like the movies to watch the show and just have the whole show be about like how boring lots of the movies are or how long they are or what have yeah. you yeah there was nothing if you're a movie lover you gain nothing from the ceremony right mm -hmm. even if you've watched like even if you're half a movie lover and you've seen like let's say you you somehow you've seen exactly 50 percent of the movies nominated you're still going to be like bored and just uninspired yeah. by the ceremony yeah. by the hosts by the the jokes and the bits and the presentation of it all i'm also i'm also just confused though of like it feels like they can't come like fully commit to anything because if you wanted if you wanted as many people to tune in for the beginning of the show as possible right why did we wait till you know i think it was i think it was like 6 30 for we don't talk about bruno air like i kept my daughter up for that shit and it was terrible she was pissed <laughs> when meg the stallion started rapping but i'm just saying it's like if you want like if you if that was the goal right like let's get as many eyes on here as possible like why are we not putting like the tiktok sound as like the very first thing on the front end of the show and like getting people hyped but at the same time it's like i just can't tell what they care about is that it, like they can't commit to like fully trying to just make it chaos like let's get as many people watching this as possible let's just make it really popular but they also can't commit to who cares let's just make this like a celebration of like movies and movie making so i don't know it's exactly what i was talking about with my metaphor in the previous podcast which you don't need to get into but they they did not commit one way or the other to the 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 action that i described um i'm not i'm not really surprised i think we we did all see this coming um and i don't know it is what it is. I, I really I'm, I'm going to irrationally hold out hope for next year that we will get. That they're going to learn from their mistakes, but I'll probably get burned again. We'll see.
I do have the winners of our bracket, or not of our yeah. bracket, but of our of our ballot. So we yes. all did tweet out our predictions, and we only I think we only ended up doing nineteen of the categories. Uh, we didn't do the the shorts and the documentary and all that. But out of the nineteen, our winner was Evan Fagundes. He had eleven out of nineteen, I believe, if I did oh, my wow. math right. Um, I had nine out of nineteen, and Jed had eight. So, like, a pretty good grouping, honestly. You know, I think we all yeah. – there's a little bit of margin for error there that I feel pretty good about for us. I can't um, believe Nightmare Alley didn't win. Well, that Shocking. was – there. That that's outside the margin for error. That's just error on your part, Jed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think uh, we did – we all did pretty well on the below-the-line categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. I, I could have gotten a couple more of those right, but I, I thought that they would switch up. I thought it wouldn't be quite the dune sweep. I thought that we would get like a – like I had no way home for visual effects. I thought they would still say, hey, Marvel, Spider-Man, here you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, as the winner of this little exercise, I'd just like to take a second to say that I um I beat the reverse jinx as well. I listened to your guys' episode last week, which was which was very good episode, as I told you guys off, off air. Um but there was a lot of talk about how my picks, and it almost seemed like mocking type talk mm, about how accurate my picks would be. I, I can see, I can see how you would think that because we did have a couple of other like underhanded comments, maybe. But that that, at least from my perspective, you getting things right was sincere. I, I think I, it was genuinely like we're we were kind of like almost looking to your picks for guidance yeah. on like are we really off base here? Like, are we voting with our hearts? I know that was, it was 100% genuine. Like what you picked, I was like, okay, Evan, I feel like Evan's got the clearest head about this. Yeah. I am. Um, it just seems so complimentary that at a certain point I figured, you know, with the circular nature of our podcast, it had to come <laughs> back around to the other end, but um, I honestly didn't feel that great about 11 out of 19. I, I felt like I, I chose with my, heart a few times you know in, in prediction mode um and i was kind of upset because i was just like i feel like i could have gotten a few more of these like i don't know why i um i you know expected the academy to to do the right thing on you know the screenplay well i guess i i got belfast but i i maybe i don't trust the academy to do the right thing because i predicted belfast <laughs> but i don't know there <laughs> were there were some categories where i was like yeah that seemed like they were going to be the winner, but I just didn't want to fully believe it, um, yeah. put in yeah. like best picture. So, yeah, definitely. So but, you want to talk about yeah. who we talked about our winners. Yeah. Um, is it safe to say as far as movies go, Dune, maybe the big winner of the night? Like. Uh, I think it's Coda. And then Coda's. Yeah. I think, I mean, I feel like if you come away with best picture, I just like you win all three, three for three, you're nominated for. I, yeah. weird, I weirdly feel though that, like I view that as more of an Apple TV win than a Coda win. I don't know. That's like the that's like really inside baseball that I don't. I've started to get to the point where I'm kind of like they debuted it at Sundance without a buyer, right? Or did Apple already have it before Sundance? Apple no. did not have it. Apple bought yeah, it. So like I don't know. That feels more organic than people are making it out to be. Now the fact that a one is compare like pure Apple nonsense, but like. I will give the people who made the movie credit and like, I do think of it as Coda rather than like a front for, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I, I understand giving the people who made the movie credit, but it is interesting that it like, I don't look at like the behind the scenes of Coda as an achievement so much as yeah. like front facing 
So, I mean, it wins, what does it win? Adapted screenplay, yep. uh, actor and supporting role, and best picture, right? So yeah. two of those three are in front of the camera achievements. Yeah. I think for, like, I think people look at bet, that code for best picture. They're not looking at it because, oh, my God, the editing on it was incredible. Or, oh, my yeah. God, the score was like, well, it was, was uh, an achievement or something like that. It was the, the what were they, they were seeing on their screen, right? It was, it was the physical performances, I think, of specifically of Troy Kotzer. And I think the physical performances of the ASL really compelled yeah. people. Um, and I get that. But I definitely think from a, a craft celebration standpoint, Dune absolutely carried the night. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Just one more point. I will say, like, the screenplay win, because I actually at a point could have seen them winning Best Picture and still not winning screenplay. The screenplay win almost made me at least believe that the Academy had some conviction behind their votes, whether I thought they were correct or not. Um, they kind of put their money where their mouth is a little bit to be like, we recognize that this was the best also. It wasn't just like this big, you know, money filled like run to best picture. But mm-hmm. overall, I, I I agree. And and yeah, Dune looked awesome. I feel like it almost got people. There was like an extra wave of excitement around like Dune 2 and stuff. Yeah, I, I I think I do really I love what Chip said on our on our spaces. Um that this like felt like the warm up for its return of the king energy, where like Dune Part Two or Dune Part Three, whichever one ends up being the last one, will, you know, get really heavily run like get a heavy run at Best Picture uh nominations and, and you know, a bunch of categories. But I thought that was it was cool for Dune again. It, it I think it also underscored the sadness that some of those below the line categories didn't get televised because I don't think we all got to have our like moments of happiness. It was like we all knew the results from Twitter before going into the show, which yeah, which sucked. But big loser. So if Code's big winner, big loser, Power of the Dog probably right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think both Power of the Dog and Netflix have to be treated as big losers here, um, yeah. because I mean, Power of the Dog won one Oscar out of twelve, which it, it's just a theme with these Netflix movies, right? And I think that they run pretty good campaigns, and I think that these, I think these movies are still going to be remembered very well. The Netflix is right now, like they, they, they are not suffering a loss of reputation because they're not winning Best Picture. At least the individual movies aren't. I'm not looking at The Irishman or Roma or Marriage Story differently because they don't win Best Picture. I'm looking at Netflix a little bit differently, but not those movies. So I'd almost say that Netflix is a loser even more so than power of the dog if that makes sense so this might be a hot take can i throw out like 2021 movies like when we look back on 2021 movies movies, when we look back because of the results of the the real top line awards best picture not necessarily going to throw director in there but even some of the acting categories and stuff i mean we're talking about movies like Eyes of Tammy Faye being recognized multiple times. Coda, Belfast winning screenplay. Like, are I feel like people are going to look back at this year, and it's it's not going to look as great as it was. Like, it felt like a powerhouse. But if you look at the winners from like 2019, which we've talked about, oh my gosh, you go through those winners and even just what's nominated, and you're like, holy smokes! Once upon a time in Hollywood, like never had a chance in some of these categories, you know, and stuff. And um, I don't know. It, so, it just, I feel like it doesn't look as strong, at least the winners. Here's the question. Here's the real question. And I, and I was going to get to this later, but I, I, I'm happy to bring it up now. The, 
this year made me really reconsider. Like, does the Oscars actually matter? And I thought about this a lot through the light of like PTA. No, no, I'm serious. Like, you guys are laughing. I'm not just doing this for content. Like, I thought about it through the light of like PTA, right? Like, what a lot of people would say is arguably the best filmmaker of the last 20 years, right? Like, the, the one of the best filmmakers of a generation and nominations. And, but like, we don't, we're not going to celebrate, you know, we're not like, we're not going to celebrate his achievements, right? There are people, there are other like wonderful people that like took a long time, like that I think are more in the, in the hearts and minds of, of like movie lovers that took either took a long time or, or never won an Oscar. Um, So what I'm saying is like, when we look back in 2021, right. Are we just going to remember it as like licorice pizza and um, you know, and are we going to remember last duel is is a great question. Uh, But are we going to remember like, you know, these like big line directors making these movies? Are we going to remember some really memorable performances like, like Denzel or, or are we going to remember Coda? You know, are we going to remember the the movies that won at the Oscars? I think like far enough into the future, you're right, Evan, when you look back on like, oh, that was a bad Oscars year. But does that affect how we feel of it as like a movie year? You know, I think if I can answer your question a bit cryptically, I think we're going to find out after next year. Um, Evan sent a tweet to our group chat earlier with the filmmakers who are releasing this year, 2022. Martin Scorsese, Damien Chazelle, James Cameron, Spielberg, Wes Anderson, Noah Baumbach, Paul Schrader, Robert Eggers, Jordan Peele, Andrew Dominic, Ari Aster, Alex Garland, David Fincher, Terrence Malick. Oh, fuck. That's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all dudes. We don't, I'm not going to, whatever. But, you know, the point is, of, of that tweet, without context, is just that we are getting those legacy guys dropping this year from the old to the new. Even the newer guys, they've already got their legacy kind of established, right? So how will next year's Oscars look with that slate? Because, like, we had a really good year, but there was some variance, right? And there was a little, you know, still some some shakeups in, in how movies are getting released. That is an unbelievable slate, of like kind of classics. So when we look at next year's Oscars, will they be celebrating movies? Will the Oscars matter for those directors in the way that they traditionally have in the past? I think that's when we're going to find out. So I don't know if we can answer your question yet. Yes. And I, I completely agree with that point. And I'd also say it's, it's more like Jed answer your original question, more just representationally this year, when you look back or, or, more of like a, a lay person, you could say somebody who's like doesn't follow this as closely as we do in 10 years if they look back and are just like Coda, Isaac Tammy Faye, Coda, like ch- looking at the uh, Jane Campion one kind of got a legacy Oscar for a great movie. I'm not trying to discount her Oscar at all, but like this stuff does happen. Sort of what you're describing with PTA, he's, he's probably going to get one in like 2025 for his six best movie and we'll all be happy about it. You know, it'll be a great movie, I'm sure. But um, I think just each year, sometimes the Oscar winners can like be the front facing, like you're almost as, as strong as your weakest link sort of situation um, when it comes to winners and looking back on a year before you dig into it more. Cause you're right. 
we'll definitely remember like Last Duel, Benedetta, some of the movies that we really liked or whatever that weren't recognized will still be like in our minds at least. Yeah, it, I, yeah, you're probably right. I think like the whole like general public thing, it's a it's always a fun exercise to go back and be like, what was the best picture from this year? And you're like, what the fuck? And like, right. weirdly enough, I feel like there's more what the fuck moments than not. Yeah. Right. How, yeah. When was the last? I mean, in the last ten years, I I don't know if you guys can remember all ten, but let's just say the last five years of best picture noms. Are we going to say there's two that we actually think were the best movie of that year? That one, Moonlight and Parasite. Probably, and I mean, best best movie of the year in air quotes because I can maybe find a few more that I like a little bit more. But in terms of like, they're in that group, right? Those yeah. movies, Moonlight and Parasite, are both in that top tier would be considered best movie of the year. Because um, what else is there? Yeah, it's like that's how I, I don't know. Jed felt- Jed might throw in Green Book here. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's how I would have felt if if like if Power of the Dog won. I would have been like, it wasn't my favorite of the year, but I can understand, you know? Yeah. yeah. And even, I feel like that that's similar to like, I'm looking back, Spotlight is a good example of like, do I necessarily, was Spotlight my favorite movie from 2014? No. It, it, was it in my top 10? Definitely. Would Am I happy about that being like the, if you're going to pick one movie to represent the year, am I fine with that? Absolutely. I'm not like, oh my gosh, why would I ever return to 2015 if a movie like Spotlight is winning? You know, I'd be like, yeah, I'd like the, it's a pretty good, pretty good slate and it's a solid winner, even if I would say Mad Max Fury Road is better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, Maybe even sense. The Martian or whatever, yeah. Any, any, other, any other points, you know, specifically about, you know, things you want to highlight, any awards that got that got won or more didn't get one. Um, any moments that really stuck out to you guys from the night? I think I will say I will are, say we, I think you might be saying the same thing. Uh Troy Kotzer's speech. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the shit right there, man. It was really moving. And the uh you is it Yujun Yun? Is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce her name? Um, her taking his Oscar and like standing right there and like and her like learning to sign his name. Yeah, uh, like really, that was really cool. And the she, crowd- she's basically stolen the show at the Oscars two years in a row in like a small way, mm-hmm. you know, because like last year with her Brad Pitt jokes and all that. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't see um, any Brad Pitt. Was he not there this year? I don't know if he was there. Didn't see him. I feel I like that that should have come across my uh, my DMs. If so, you know, you have I've, got, I've got alerts if he's there. Um. Oh. One moment I wanted to mention was, I mean, I will say, I know, you know, it it was very clumsy what she said a few weeks ago and stuff, but Jane Campion winning, like, I just really like Jane Campion's movies. I really like Power of the Dog. And now it's, you know, two straight uh, women have won Best Director. I mean, it's starting to become a little bit more normalized to the point that, like, it's not the biggest talking point of the night. Obviously, it would be tough for anything to top the uh, the Will Smith, Chris Rock um, scenario as far as like biggest moment of the night. But it's cool how it's becoming more and more normalized for, you know, women to get opportunities slash to make the best movies and actually be recognized for it um, and be recognized for their achievements. So I thought it was cool to see her win. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I thought there were actually some pretty good speeches. I thought Chastain's speech was nice. Um, mm hmm. I I was happy for her. I like her as an actress. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this was like one of those weird, like, did was this the movie we'd want her to win for? Probably not, but 
Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Are you thinking the know. three five five, Jed? Should we yeah. just have waited until <laughs> next year? I mean, it was like it was staring them right in the face, right? Yeah. It, it just it seems like a no brainer. I want to talk a little bit just about if there was like. I, don't know. I just feel like it was it was kind of to the line, pretty much what everyone expected. Like, yeah, I know even like you said, we we didn't get a ton of picks right, but maybe because we voted with our heart a little bit more than we than we should have. But I didn't feel like there were a ton of big surprises in the winners. Like if whoever didn't if somebody didn't win, it was like the next best like the next person you thought would win. The most open category like we had talked about was cinematography. And that was probably the biggest shock of the night was Dune winning, I would say. That was really cool. I was really that happy was... to see Greg Frazier. He's, you know, yes. is Greg Frazier having a moment? He is, uh, to he answer is. the question. Yeah. yeah. Good for Greg Frazier. And really interesting, um, you know, theories around, like, the Batman coming out when voting was still open and how he really is having a moment. Could that momentum have even helped a little bit? People were talking about how good the Batman looked. It's, it's interesting to think of those things, but um, that was a cool win. And just fucking awesome looking movie. Like yeah. really cool, really cool recognition of what it takes to make a movie look good too. Because lots of what's happening happening in camera, they either had to touch up in post or flat out add things in. But a real recognition that it, it takes good camera and lighting work to even make that stuff possible and not make it look like you're doing everything in front of a screen, you know, in in Hollywood. In LA. Yeah, and, and and I think a huge shout out, obviously not just to Dune, but like the Batman has been. Yeah, you're right. He's having a moment, like making the rounds for the using the screen, the actual yep. like LED screen behind them uh, while shooting instead of using um, green screen, which is like really really cool. I think there's yeah. that was probably one of my favorite moments of the night. I would say um, as well, like just from an actual awards standpoint. Yeah. I also very much overshadowed. Uh, but by what happened literally right before it, but Questlove winning for Summer of Soul, which was I, you, did, Evan? Did you see that? I know Chip, you saw it because you guys spectacular documentary. Um, yeah, worth really a watch worth for sure. Watch. And he's a, I think, just a special character in the culture, and so it's really cool that you're getting someone like him, who's such a wonderful music historian, um, getting recognized. Um, yeah. Do we want to was, uh, I didn't have my I didn't have my sound up for uh, No Time to Die. How was that? The performance or mm-hmm. I mean it, it was, was solid. It was, you know, it was maybe it's a just, time to nap, not a time to die. It was late in the late in the night. Mm, sure. Just yeah, a long show. Yeah. A lot of performances. Yeah. yeah. I'm here I'm here for the up. idea that every Bond song as long as it's like you know, somebody like doesn't completely fuck it up, like gets an Oscar. I didn't realize that Sam Smith had won the Oscar for, and I do like that song a lot, but yeah, that song's a banger. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. So, I there's there's not that much else from the night. I don't know what you what you have I, in there. I was gonna ask if we wanted to go and get into the hosts. I mean, were you guys really? I I don't know. We can a little bit. You guys can take down if you want. But how about our guy uh, Kenny Brana? We gonna be we gonna be hyped up for our guy getting an Oscar for the pen? Listen, dude, I'm, I was Bronapilled and then I wasn't, you know, it's like, it's a roller coaster with, with KB. Yeah, it really is a roller coaster. Our guy was, uh, up there, you know, 
punching above his weight class up there. I guess maybe not. Like we talked about in the spaces, right? This guy's been nominated for a ton of Oscars. Maybe we have been underestimating him, you know, and how powerful he is uh, within the industry. But he was, um, he was in there throwing punches and and won himself a best original screenplay for telling his his like semi autobiographical childhood story. Right? Like, good for how him. Many, how many nominations was that? It was like eight or nine, wasn't it? That for Belfast is yeah. an insane amount. No, no, I'm oh no, many, not for Belfast. For how many I meant for him, like throughout his oh, career. Yeah. I'm not. I, I don't think Belfast insane, quite got that many. That's an insane amount of nominations. Like it almost feels like he's that like the kind of the guy that there's like oh shit maybe we don't have anyone to nominate. Did Brandon release a movie this year? Somebody Google it really quick. Like let's just get <laughs> that guy. Let's get him on the docket. Um, but no, I mean I was happy for him. I didn't think he deserved to win. Um, Me either. I mean. I was sad because I thought if there was a category that PTA had a chance to win. Yeah, I thought I felt good about that. I, I really felt good about that pick. And mm-hmm. oh well, yeah, I don't yeah. know, guys. I I don't. The hosts were just whatever. They they were annoying to to meh, which is again what I expected. Um, there were so many bad, like just so many bad jokes, and the whole Wanda Sykes tour through the academy thing like the that's what's shitty is like we talked about this that was the type of bit that they put that they cut the below the line categories from the telecast to put in so unnecessary and like the whole there's been a lot of made out of the uh jesse plemons dense schumer joke which Mm -hmm. people thought it was like like made up on the spot which it wasn't it was rehearsed it's a bit Right. They knew it was going to happen. All those lines were set in stone, but it was still annoying. Like it still didn't play. And again, completely took away from celebrating movies. Yeah, it was just too long. Like and and that's added to it. It just seems like poor. Again, it's like has to be poor show management. Right. Like they're probably not even writing many of their own jokes. I don't exactly know how it works, but yeah. um or at least not those those like stunts or the bits that they're doing. Uh, maybe they have some input, but I imagine lots of those are set up. And it's just like too much of it. Their job is really – I mean, are there people who could have been better at it? Probably, yes. But it's also just kind of a thankless job with how much time they ask them to, to kind of spend doing those things. And then, you know, you're throwing in a Tony Hawk here and a Sean White there and stuff. And it's just like a lot that adds up to non – people that have to do with or talking about movies time yeah yeah they literally had like they had judy dench in the fucking audience they had her in attendance and they do a bond tribute with three professional athletes like just bizarre decisions yeah yeah and then even when they do have like our people out there that we want like they get the pulp fiction trio yeah the godfather trio and then they barely give them time to say anything or they don't get to, like, actually talk about their own stuff. They have to – even though the yeah. uh, the briefcase turning gold was, like, pretty sick. That was a good Yeah, that was, that was um, But other than that, Travolta. Travolta, interesting. Interesting look he's got going on right now. Yeah, a lot of good memes coming out about uh, featuring our guy John. I just want to say I was, I was on that on the scene live, and you, Chip, you ousted me. You're like, don't talk about my boy that way. And I, you know, he's, he's great. He's the best. I respect he's, John Travolta. So I want to return to something. Jed, your insider information, did it end up coming true? I don't even remember what it was. 
but did it end up coming to fruition? Uh, it was very vague, and I wouldn't. I, I think it, you could say either way. Um, but I'll tell you offline who the who the source was. Um, no, you don't. No, no, no. You don't need to reveal your source. Jed will not be telling us the source offline. Source, you're you're going to stay protected. Source. What was the what was the um what was the prediction again that you you had the it inside was, info it was on? Just that there might be a few surprises with winners, maybe. But that was okay. it was like it was so vague, and I, I think okay, it was more okay. of like a hype up. And maybe gotcha. this person was referring to the Dune Mania, Dune Mania that happened. Um, yeah, and maybe I, even Coda. I mean, it was pretty late on in the process that like Coda became like yeah, yeah. I didn't more I, of a guarantee. I, I mean, it was like a surprise. It was it was like a still kind of outside looking in as of like two weeks before the show. It felt like yeah, I don't know this person well enough to know what they would have constituted as like a surprise. I got to speak with them very briefly, mm-hmm. uh, and I think maybe yeah, that's probably a good good shout. Is like maybe they're like Coda is gonna you know coda winning best picture like that would be a yeah a big, you know a big a big shock i mean clearly the filmmakers of coda seemed shocked uh when that award was written by by that time i think when they won when they won adapted screenplay i think everyone it was almost like a foregone conclusion right yeah yeah um be after screenplay yeah but i think kind of sad for drive my car i felt like it deserved more than just international but you know, it was um, uh, drive it my car deserved more and licorice pizza deserved more. But seeing pictures of Alana Heim and Cooper Hoffman like fighting over a burger at the Vanity Fair after party made, I, how it, made old it all. Is Cooper Hoffman in real life, by the way, is he like 19? How old is he? Uh, I don't even think so. No, I think he's, he's like 16, isn't he? No, I think he's is he older now, 19 or 20. Alana Heim's 30. I know that. He was born March of 03. Oh, so, wow. So. He is not. No, he is quite young. He's 19. He's, yeah, he's, he's 19. 19. Um, okay. So, yeah, so, he's, so he's 19 and she's 30. So I, I was going to say, I was going to be like, I would love that couple in real life, but maybe in like 10 years. <laughs> Jed is just trying to start the real life dialogue around the age gap. <laughs> the way people were talking about the movie, you would think it was real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Any other, any, any final thoughts, anything we want to talk about? I mean, fucking I really feels morose. Figure feels it out. Morose. Oscars. It is. It, is I it? Morose. So are you guys like, we just didn't talk about it very much. Why are you guys morose? Are you guys upset about Coda as well? No, I mean, I think it was just like the fact that it was predictable and I, okay. and you know, what's sad about it is again, this is me saying I didn't watch Coda. So you guys will be better, but at least from your trusted opinions, when a movie like that, which we would say probably like which you guys both I think agreed like it was good, but probably didn't you didn't think it deserved to be nominated with some of the other movies that were there, then goes on and wins. It's just kind of like a weird reflection. Like I don't feel I feel like we can get one or two categories, you know, even three or four shit, where a movie that we don't quite get wins the awards. But I feel like that was the whole night. Other than the Dune, other than the Dune moments. So like, are you that, saying like you would have been more juiced if like say Olivia Coleman kind of was a surprise winner and best actress and then like Drive My Car won best adapted or something? You'd be like, oh, whoa, those were kind of both a little bit unexpected and also people and and movies that we really like. 
like yeah, that like, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. If you give me like an Olivia Coleman, if you give me like yeah, like a best adapted for Drive My Car, or even like a Yusuke Hamaguchi winning for director. Ooh, just a okay. couple of just a couple of things that felt like they honored Oscars. Make the move, honor the movies we like, please. Like that's like <laughs> how I feel like like a t- like a toddler with a temper tantrum. But I don't know. That's just how I I felt like. Like even even stuff like, and I said I was happy for Chastain. I am, but like Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is a movie that I didn't hear a ton about before the nominations. Um, you know, like that getting a victory, and I, I just all those. I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't even know how to parse my feelings. I think it so. Just, it just kind of feels like a big fat fucking whoopee cushion. That's so accurate. Um, yeah. Again, they either need to. Fully commit or don't. Either give me the Chaos Daddy Oscars or the Cinephile Oscars. Chaos and, uh, They didn't either. So I, it's, to end on a less morose, morose note, thank you just to all the listeners who uh, yes. hopped into our spaces. Again, we talked for four hours straight, which I did not expect. I thought we'd have to like pause the spaces for a while and recollect, but like there was hardly any dead air. Mm-hmm. We had some great conversations, some great takes. Who do we have? We had KJ, Mike, Nick. Caden, Key, Edwin. Edwin. Uh, yeah, those were like the ones that stayed the whole time. Yeah. You shout out to yeah, everybody like that the whole time. in and out too. But like you, the homies that were there for all four hours, like that, you made that. Like getting a chance to know you guys, like know you guys, hear your takes a little bit more, um, shoot the shit. That's that's the kind of stuff, like that's why we do the, the pod is like, mm-hmm. is, is that um, it was a very fulfilling uh, experience um and i'm i'm so thankful for for everybody that joined but especially everybody that was like in it with us for the long haul um bringing people halfway across the world calling in during work uh yeah. to watch the oscars with us so fucking sick thank you guys shout out to the kiwis yes we love the kiwis but with that being said that's all we got um that was our oscars recap podcast next week we're baseball podcast also, folks. Baseball's back. So we are bringing you a very, very special episode. We're doing the re-money ball, uh, and we've got a couple of very special guests, uh, including one Scott Hatterberg, and also including the boys from the, the formerly of the Baseball Barbecue podcast, but uh, always of the Cespus Family Barbecue Twitter account, the best baseball Twitter account running uh, right now and for the last couple of years. Uh, and we're going to just talk a little bit about and celebrate baseball being back. Uh, I'm excited. You guys excited for that one? So juice. It's going to be fun to listen back because we recorded with Scott and Jake and Jordan during the lockout. So we there was an anticipation on the horizon. Like, okay, this is we're going to get baseball one of these days. So we got to focus a little bit more on the movie, though, which was kind of fun. Uh, and here's yeah. some, some unique perspectives that both, obviously, Scott as a player and Jake and Jordan as media personalities got to uh, lend to us. Yeah, just some spectacular stories from from Scott as well. Oh, my God. Yes. Juiced about next week. And I just want to say, too, as a promise to our listeners, we've been doing a lot of new movies. We've now been talking about the Oscars for the last few weeks in a row. Flicking and Screaming is back. And it's going to be back in a big way. We're going to we're gonna be coming with some top fives. We're going to be coming <laughs> with some verses. We, unlike the Oscars, we know who our core audience is. We are returning to our roots. <laughs> <laughs> you will be getting some top fives from people who we've talked about before. We'll definitely talk about some movies that might not be the best movies in the world, but are very much us. 
So I just want to make that promise to everyone, and it's going to start with us returning to the roots of it all, Moneyball, one of the movies that we've agreed the most on on this uh, on this year podcast. And from there, we're just going to be on a run. So hop that's aboard. A fucking, that's a you perfect heard, sell. You heard Evan. He goes, Chaz Michael Michaels is figure skating. Boom. <laughs> it's provocative. Evan Fagundis, JT Chipman. Have a good one, everybody. See ya. Bye, everyone.